Okay, good people. We're about to get started. I'm introducing what we're doing today because this is our fifth Sunday, and this is Celebration Sunday. We are celebrating what God is doing at Moran Park, and we're celebrating his body as a whole because his body is, is Moran Park and beyond. But God has something specific for us here at Moran Park in our borders, and so we're celebrating that today. So I just wanted to read Ephesians 4.16 to you. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member, that's all of us, every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively, Throughout the whole body, we are built, built up and made perfect in love. So that's what we're celebrating today, what God is doing in the body of Christ, what God is doing here at Moran right now, right this moment, and our immediate beyond, which is Holland, or in the vicinity of where you live. <laughs> I'm laughing because they're in the discernment seat. <laughs> where you live. <laughs> So we're celebrating that. And so now as we worship today, really think about you and your place in the body. Welcome, friends. We're going to start with a familiar song. Maybe you've heard it 10,000 times. Um, but I just want to remind us that sometimes when we sing a song we've heard a lot, it can kind of get a little mundane. But I just want to encourage us to fix our eyes on who Jesus is. May he remind us of his goodness in our lives and to just dwell on each one of these um, verses and um, focus on his goodness to us.
surrender all I'm living for your glory on the earth this passion in my heart is stirring in my soul to see the nations bow for all the world to know sake of the world burn like a fire in me light a flame in my soul for every eye to see for the sake of the world burn like a fire in me passion in my heart is stirring in my soul to see the nations bow for all the world to know I'm living for your glory on the earth so for the sake of Fire in me, light a flame in me. 
That's such a perfect song. That's such a perfect song because even though it's in me individually, it's in us collectively. Um, Al and Alex. So what I wanted to do is we're celebrating God. We're celebrating the body of Christ. We're celebrating us. And we're celebrating the body of Christ. We're celebrating unity. We're celebrating Moran Park and we're celebrating beyond. We're celebrating God in all this. So we have Al who is showcasing the body of Christ at Moran Park, and we have Alex who is showcasing the body of Christ beyond. So they're both going to talk to you about unity. Good morning. Like she said, my name is Al. We're supposed to introduce ourselves when we come up. So anyways, um, several years ago, I was about four or five years old, in the four or five months old in the Lord. And um, I was in a prayer meeting, and he gave me this vision. And he showed me what it was. It was like a dismembered body, okay? It wasn't gory, but it was just pieces scattered all over this highway. A bad accident or something had happened. And I said, what is this? And God said, this is my body. Okay, what is this? <laughs> Anyways, he left me with that. He said, but this should not be. All right, so left there, it seems kind of hopeless. But later down the road, I started seeing scriptures that started speaking to it. I'll keep this short, I promise. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. Uh, John 17, in verses 20 and 21, says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That includes us. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, 
are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And small steps are not to be discouraging. We as a body, Moran Park and outside of these walls, God is moving and piecing together his body the way he wants it. He says he will have a bride, spotless and unwrinkled. That's the body. He will have that, and he is going to accomplish that. But Moran Park and those that are from outside this church building, um, he's pulling us together. I can see it more and more all the time, and if you look at it, everywhere you go, people are, sp are speaking of unity, unity beyond their local body. And it's an exciting thing to watch because what it's going to be is a perfect, holy, spotless, and unwrinkled bride. But the world's going to see it. It's not just going to be afterwards. We have to keep that in mind, that as we're walking in this, the world is watching. And it's going to be the greatest evangelistic move that God has ever done. And that's what I really believe. So enjoy it. Celebrate it. Brother Alex? So, yeah, my name's Alex. Um, I'm one of the outsiders. Uh, been like that my whole life, getting used to it, getting used to it. Um, no, seriously, uh, absolutely love this place. Um, I have the pleasure of, of knowing some of the men and women that serve here in a full-time or loosely call it professional capacity. Um, have some friends that attend here. I've had the fortune of uh, baptizing a friend where there was a tank, I'm assuming still underneath those boards, um, right back there. Uh, worshiped here alongside you all. Love the vision and heart. Um, I lead a small church here in town and uh, we just hang out in my living room basically. My wife makes breakfast every Sunday morning and then we get into worship and we get into the word and uh, don't get, our worship is intimate not that this isn't, it's just a little different. And it was so refreshing to be here with you all this morning, listening to worship and, and just hearing the multiple, multiple voices and hearing, hearing the way that those, those words echo and bounce, not just off the plaster and drywall, but off of the, all of the praises and all of the prayers that have been sung in this building before. And it made me think, as, as uh, Vicki and I were talking, and I know I'm totally going to go over, so I apologize. Um, gosh. As Vicki and I were talking, we weren't connecting at first. And, and then I, I, I stopped and I said, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is, if I'm really what you're looking for. Um, and we got to talking about where, where have we been? She was on a prayer walk and offering jumper cables to a guy. And I was sitting at a campsite with our core group from our church. And uh, the Lord's just been sitting me down in Ephesians 4, uh, 1 through 16 specifically. And I didn't know what Vicki had in mind. She didn't know that about me. And when we got to talking about what the Lord is doing, it was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's get together. And as I'm worshiping and I'm thinking, 
this morning with everyone. I'm, I'm asking if we can take a, maybe a break from the order of service for a moment uh, because you guys are our family. Um, even though you don't know us, we're like the weird second cousins, maybe third cousins, but that's cool. You just assume that they should be eating at the family reunion in the park and you go, yeah, all right. Um, somebody know those people? No, I don't think so. But so there's some people in my, my nuclear family, if you will, that um, I just found out last night, one of, the, one of the guys that worships with us frequently, um, he checked himself in to a, a hospital uh, with some mental health concerns that he had. Uh, I just found that out late last night, and, and <clears throat> as hard as that is to hear, the fact in the way of the way that I heard it is through a friend of his that would not call me a friend on a nice day. Um, but he still reached out and said, hey, can you, just wanted to let you know where this guy is and, and you know, you might want to get a hold of him. And then we have a, a family that's been going through a really hard time um, that uh, it's not my place to share details, but they're experiencing loss right now. And uh, I'm hoping that as, as that larger family, that maybe we can all take a moment to pray. If you guys would pray with me, that would mean so much to me. Um, if anybody other than me, please, would mind leading us in prayer, uh, that would be great. Let's pray for this family. <clears throat> Father, we have, we as a body, uh, apart from Alex, don't know any details, but you do. You're the sovereign king that neither slumbers nor sleeps. Great physician and the great shepherd who knows every single detail down to the hairs of our head. You know full well this situation and you love each and every person passionately and perfectly even as they go through this situation. <clears throat> Lord, sin has ravaged our world and death and disease and pain and suffering is a real reality. We want to thank you for what you've accomplished in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. That you have launched your new creation project or someday all things will be made new. And so we have no idea what's going on right now in this situation, but our hope is in you, the living God, the new creation God, the resurrecting God, the life-giving God, who will swallow up death someday. So Lord, right now we pray for consolation. We pray for healing. Lord, we pray for hope, for hopeless hearts, perhaps, for deep and desperate discouragement, Lord, we pray for encouragement. We pray that your body, people that know and love you, will come around this special family and bless, encourage, hold, carry, provide. In Jesus' name. Thank you all for that. Um, it means a lot. And I just want to leave you guys with this.
things don't always make sense as we walk through them. We know that. But as people of faith, as people that have put that faith not just anywhere, but very specifically in Christ, that is where our faith and our focus must remain. Families change. Um, I'm old enough to be a grandpa times two. It's pretty awesome. My oldest daughter doesn't live with us, and I'm thankful for that. I love my grandchildren, but I'm glad they don't live with us either. And then I have three, and one's going to lay down on the pew most of the time. Um, the other two are camping with my wife. Families change. But families never stop being family. And that's what we get to be. We read in Scripture about the body. And I just want to encourage everyone here, as we read about the body, to think about it as a family. My kids will always have refrigerator rights at my house. Those of you that come and go through this building and worship here or worship elsewhere will always have refrigerator rights here. The men and women that will, will bless us in our home for hopefully years, but probably months, they'll always have those same rights. I'm going to end with uh, just a small portion of uh, Ephesians 4, uh, verses 4 through 6, where it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. It's what we all get to be a part of, in spite of our differences and of all of our messiness and all of our ugliness. That's us. He calls us into that family. I just want to encourage you all, remember that above everything else. Thank you. He is so right when he was saying that at first we were not connecting. And I, I was trying to um, explain what I had in my heart about celebrating the body, that we're, we're one body, you know, and that when one hurts, we all hurt, you know. I, I'm, I was telling them back there, I'm doing this um, couch potato to a 5K, and let me tell you, my leg was hurting the other day. And, and I couldn't just ignore it. <laughs> you know, it was like, this is part of me. I, I, I would love, love to have ignored it, but I couldn't ignore it, right? And we're the body. We're the body. And God wants us to really celebrate the unity of the body, the unity of the body. It doesn't matter in the past where we have been in disunity. It doesn't matter what life, forgetting what was in the past, right? We're, we're moving forward. And God specifically told me that this was the time to celebrate, to celebrate us as Moran Park. We're a peculiar people. You know, we're, we're, we're Moran Park. But God knew that. He, he orchestrated that. He brought us here to be together. And he brought us here to be together and do for him, to showcase him. And that's what we're doing. You know, we, we kind of 
lost our way a little bit. We've, we've messed up many, many times, but who hasn't, right? Families are family. And so we, we're celebrating today what God is doing. Um, next slide. And one of the things that's really peculiar to Moran Park is our all play. And we use that expression, all play, and this is our tagline. We are all play. And I want to talk a little bit about what that means and what it means at Moran Park. You know, in Revelations, you know, um, God, Jesus gave John a revelation when he was on the Isle of Patmos about these seven churches. And the Isle of Patmos is like here. And then there's about maybe 65 miles. Um, there's Ephesus and, and all the, the other seven churches that he talks about, ending in Laodicea. But they're like kind of almost in a circular thing over here. But what it was about for me and all play, even when John was exiled to this island of Patmos, God was still saying, this is your family. You know, pray over these people. I have revelation for these people. We have discernment seats right here because we know that God speaks to all of Moran Park. And if God has something that he wants you to share with the body, you come and we have people here that you can tell it to so that we can share it with the body. God was doing that in the Isle of Patmos to say to the, um, those other seven churches, and those seven churches were unique. They were distinct. They had a flavor to each other. I was, I was going through yesterday and really thinking about all the churches, and I was thinking about Ephesus. And Ephesus, they excelled in doctrine. I mean, they, they knew their word and um, good works. You know, that was what they were known for. That was all about them. They had to get back to their first love. They had their own distinct problems. But it was a church. In um, Smyrna, they were poor, very poor, very persecuted, and faithful. And that's what they, I mean, some people call them the persecuted church. I mean, they, they were known. They were, you know, David and Goliath type. They, they stood up for God in the midst of a lot. Laodicea was very wealthy, and they were complacent and an independent church. I mean, very complacent in their wealth. I mean, but every church had something. We're peculiar, and we are all play. We are all play. When we talk about all play, I want to read this scripture. And if you notice, all along, everyone who's spoken has scripture because the word is what grounds us, and the word is Jesus. Jesus is the word, and we're grounded in that as we are the church. So this says, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Joined and knit together, right? Joined and knit together by every ligament. And I put that little picture in blue because it was showing the ligaments. <laughs> We're all in this together, every single piece and part of us, with which it is equipped as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up together in love. So as each part is working properly, the all play allows each of us to work. All play allows each of us to do what we can do in the vicinity that you're called to. Well, 
while um, John was at the Isle of Patmos, he was called for these people to work with them. You guys are called in your work, in your play, at home, wherever your house church is, if you're in a house church, wherever. I'm not in a house church, but I have at Waverly Meadows, I have a, a church there, and I used to not call it a church. I'd always say Bible study. Ruth knows. And they're like, this is a church. And God started telling me, call it what it is. It's a church. It's part of my body. It's the church. So I am doing there. Other people have other places because we're Moran Park and beyond. We're, but we're doing our all play with everybody doing. It's not up here on a Sunday morning. It's not how many people can I get up here. That's not all play. All play is each of us in the gifts that you have, each of us doing what God has for you to do, right? Each of us. And you can't say that you don't have a gift, and you can't say that there's no one for you to reach, because there's always someone. I mean, even if it's a smile, I have a good friend named Mary, and she sends out little cards all the time, you know. And I was reading this book one time where this lady would just stick sticky notes in her office, everywhere she goes with a kind word or something. I mean, it's your personality. God is working through you. He made you, right? So we're both equipped to do the work of the ministry. We all supply. We all utilize our gifts. It's not narrowly defined, okay? It's not narrowly defined, but it's all play. It's on the stage of life. That's what it is. It's on the stage of life. And I want to read that um, Ephesians 4.15 in two other verses. And while I'm doing that, Stacy and Joy, can you come on up? So another version says, All the parts of the body are joined and held together with each part. Oh, that's the one I have up there. Sorry. <laughs> Here's the other one. Um, each part doing its own work. This causes the whole body to grow and to be stronger in love. And another version says, from whom the whole body join in it together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. I like that one. By which every part does its share. We all have a part to play. So our all play includes playing with others, right? So Moran Park and beyond. So we have two testimonies here. And this is going to talk about our all play. Hi, I'm Stacy. Um, so I have t two kind of things to share. One is that um, this aspect of all play, I kind of touched on it last week in the prayer Sunday, but each rotating weekend that we have has a team. And so there are five rotating um, weekends and five teams. And so each team has an elder and each team, or each weekend has an elder and each weekend has a team. And so that team meets and kind of puts together their weekend for the month. And um, then each elder kind of oversees that. So it's been such a gift uh, to be on one of those teams. And then each of the leaders of those weekends, they're, we call them point people, um, we get together every other week to just say, hey, how's your weekend going? Is there anything that you've noticed or that... Um, is an opportunity or that you would see needing changed or that worked really well or just kind of comparing notes and that's just been such a gift um, to work with that team and just to see all these different gifts come out in people that we just didn't even know were there. So 
That's one piece of the testimony. And then the other piece of the testimony is that I think it was two or three Sundays ago was Celebration Sunday, which is one of the five. Um, and we had a person lined up to go, and he was, Celebration Sunday is all worship and testimony. So when you have a worship leader for that, they're, they're pretty much your person, right? Like they're your go-to. They set it all up. They picked all the music. And that person on Saturday night couldn't do it couldn't come. <laughs> so they had gotten sickness, illness in their family, and he called and was like, guys, started a, a group message and said, I, I can't make it tomorrow. Somebody's going to have to do this for me. And the body just jumped in, like jumped in. Um, a person was like, hey, I'll lead worship. I'll pick all new songs. It was a brand new band. Somebody who had never played on the stage before got up and played. Like, it was just amazing. And then all the elders are just like, I'll take this piece, I'll take this piece, I'll take this piece. And it was the most beautiful morning. And it was just like, the Lord did that. The Lord, like, had that been three years ago? And Britton called us on a Saturday night and was like, you guys, I can't do this. We'd been like, okay, <laughs> what do we do? I don't know. Um, so it was just so beautiful to see the body come together that way and just fill in the gaps. And it was such a sweet morning, and the Lord was so present and it was just a gift to see, like, Lord, you are doing this. Like, you are moving your body. You are getting people off the pew. It was just amazing. So that's the testimony there. My name is Joy. Um, I'm on staff here at Moran, and I, part of what the Lord's called me to is to help equip you all and the body to care for each other well and operate in deep love and devotion for one another. Um, which looks a variety of different ways, but I think something that we've kind of realized in the past couple years is that typically when somebody's in a crisis, our first response is to send out a meal train or something like that to a bunch of people and have them sign up to bring a meal one time. And that helps with short term, like gives people a practical solution to having a meal on their table that evening, but long-term it doesn't create like devoted care. And we started to realize that we really need to empower the people that are already in the lives of those individuals that are in crisis to care for them and love them well. So whether that's a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, a friend. And as we started thinking that way, we realized a lot of those people don't go to Moran Park. Like if it's a neighbor or a coworker and they don't go here, we can still pull them in to care for that individual. And it's really important that we do that because there's some deep love that's established there and they will best receive that care from those individuals that already love them. So just sharing a testimony kind of coming out of that, we had an individual that was previously attending Moran Park that lost his spouse last year. And now he actually goes to Restoration Church. And he has just been struggling to kind of come back from losing his spouse. And so we pulled a team of people around him that meets um, every month. And then one person reaches out to him every week specifically to just say, hey, what do you need this week? How can we, as your team, come around you? Um, and it's a team made up of five individuals. Um, two of them go here to Moran. One goes to North Point, And then two go to Restoration. And it's just been this really beautiful journey of coming together with multiple people from different churches in Holland, Zealand, the surrounding area to care for this individual. And the reason that all these people are on this team is because they love him. 
and not because they go to Moran Park or because it's a Moran Park thing, but we're just operating in love as the body of Christ together. And so that's really what we want to step into in pulling people around, um, people that are in crisis and just loving them regardless of what church affiliation we have. So now I will play We Are Family. Some of you guys know that song. <laughs> but we are one. We are one. So the next slide, it says our vision statement. So we've, we've been really praying and agonizing over this as an elder in the elder group. We were like, we, we need to put our vision statement. It's really kind of a hybrid vision mission statement. But we were like, what is it? We knew that we are all play. We knew that that was. But there's things in the church that's specific to every church, and then there's something specific to Moran Park individually, and we really were thinking about what this would be. And one of the things about the fifth Sunday is we always will lift up the vision, to remind us of the vision, of what Moran Park is all about. How we do the vision may change, right? The tools, how we implement it, but the vision should be like tattooed on our foreheads. So this is the vision. We said, together, we respond to God's love in Christ Jesus by loving God, loving others, and becoming and making disciples. And I'm going to break this down for us so that you understand the different parts of it. And there's, um, just like the word, there's infinitely more things you can say, but this is an overview. So when we say together, this is our community. This is, this is communal, and this is love, and this is all play, all of us working together. Together we're doing this. And we respond, you know, um, we love God because he first loves us. We respond to his goodness. We're responding to him. And it's to God's love in Christ Jesus. Make no mistake, right? We are one in Christ, so we lift that up by loving God, loving others. And when you see that, you think about our greatest commandment, right? You think about our greatest commandment. And our greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus said to him, him is a Pharisee, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So you're thinking about that, you know. And in our loving God first, we cannot really love others until we love God. Right? Until he, he helps us to even to love ourselves. Because the second part, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't like you, you're going to be crappy to your neighbor. Like, you're just not going to be able to do it. So we have to know this is what we do, the greatest commandment. This is part of our vision statement, that we display this, not in word, but in deed, right? We're loving from the heart. And we've, we've been talking a lot about our love. Are we loving, loving our people? And one of the reasons why I had Joy and Stacy come up with their all play part is because we can't do that if we didn't love. Um, Chris, 
couldn't hop up here to say, let's pray. And he beat me by a second because I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if it, is, it, is it bad if I interrupt him and say, let's pray now? And he just did it. That's love in action, right? That's love. We can't do these things if we don't love our fellow man. But God first, right? God first. And he'll direct us. So that's loving God, loving others. And others is broad. It's others in, is in our family and out of our family. Out of our family is loving the heathen, loving those who aren't saved, loving them enough to get them saved, loving them enough to do something about it, right? Love is action. But others is also our beyond, right? Moran Park and beyond. We don't have walls up to keep us in. That's not what our walls are doing right? We are a, a people, a one. So I never want to say we're not Moran Park. We are Moran Park. We are Moran Park. It's the body, uh, God's body in Moran Park, and we help others who are also God's body outside of Moran Park, but we don't lose our identity in it, right? We don't lose our identity. This is loving God, loving others, and becoming and making disciples. Becoming is this is a continual process, guys. We know that. We're celebrating today the body of Christ here and the things that God is doing. And we're about to hear testimonies of what is what God is doing right here and now in the body. I want the testimony people to come on up as I keep talking, which is, in case you don't know who you are. <laughs> Kelly Allen John. So um, becoming, we're becoming, we're going from glory to glory. We're getting better and better. Will we make mistakes? Sure. But you can just sit in the seats. But we're getting better and better. And then the second part, making disciples, is part of our great commission. We do make disciples as we are becoming more into him. But in making disciples, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I think spirit should have been up there. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. But that's what we are doing. We're showcasing him, right? We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what we're doing. So now we're going to hear three different um, showcase people. You can do the next slide as this is part of our all play. Okay, so Kelly, Al, and John. But I want to tell you why I made this first picture. So why I made this up top is because God's body is encompassing all of it, right? God's body is all of it. And then you see Moran Park, because we're part of God's body. But you notice God's part, body is bigger than just Moran Park, right? There's Moran Park, and there's our larger gathering. Sundays are important. Our larger gatherings are important, and we're celebrating that. It's not diminished. It's not negative. It's nothing. It's good. We're celebrating that. And so I have one person, Kelly, who's going to give us a celebration and a testimony about Moran Park, our larger gathering. Then we have Moran Park, and I call it the smaller gathering. Some people just say house churches, but there's many of us like me who aren't in a house church, but we are part of the smaller gatherings. So we have the smaller gatherings. That's under Moran Park. 
And then Holland. We have the city of Holland. Oh, I forgot to say. And for the smaller gathering, we have Al Lanning, and he's going to give us a testimony of what God's doing in our smaller gathering. And then we have Holland, our beyond. And I just forgot your name, John, is going to, to give us a testimony about that. And then uttermost parts of the world. So once we have the testimonies, we're going to pray about, it's, it's not just this, it's all the way out. It's our missionaries. It's our all kinds of different people. But we're going to start here. Kelly? Hi, family. Um, I'm just here to talk a bit about how these Sunday morning gatherings have been a blessing to me. And currently I'm not in the house church, but um, coming here on Sundays has been uh, just like really special. And it's only been more recently that I've been getting more connected here. Um, gone here for a little while, but I wanted to just form more relationships. And um, in the spring, I wanted to host a Passover meal, uh, meal, and the Lord was like, invite Moran Park. And I was like, all of Moran Park? And he was like, yeah. So I was like, extended the invitation to all of Moran Park. Um, and through that, I got to just connect with more people. Um, and Jeff and Don have been some really special people that I've formed relationships with. Um, they've kind of been like another set of uh, parents for me, which has been really cool because I have a challenging relationship with my own dad. So Jeff's kind of been like another dad to me. And recently I had um, some car issues. So I called Jeff <laughs> and I was like, can you help me with my car? And so they, for a couple of days, let me use their car while he took his into work. Um, and first he found one problem, brought it back. Then he found another problem. Um, and at first he was just gonna charge me like a portion and then he came back and he was like, you know what, we're just gonna take care of it. Um, and so they took care of a very um, large car repair for me. And so it was just really cool to see how God provided for me through um, the family of Moran Park. Um, and so like sometimes we have gaps in our own families because of broken relationships. And um, for me, not a lot of my family is um, believers. So we're still family, but it, we don't have that spiritual connection. So it's been really special to see how God fills in those gaps and brings us together and provides for um, us and helps us to bear one another's burdens. Um, so it's been really awesome to be a part of your family and to continue and just to see everyone after Sunday mornings want to stay and chat for a while and have coffee and get to know each other. And I've been really blessed to just worship alongside you and see like your passion for the Lord and to get to sing alongside you. Um, so I'm just really grateful um, and excited for what God has for us. So. Oh, <laughs> we were talking in... Oh, one of those meetings that, that Stacy was talking about where we all get together and see how the Sundays have been going and everything. And she starts talking about worship. And I, I, she left this part out totally, but this was so cool to me. Do you want to say it? You can go ahead. <laughs> She's like, I can go. So she's sitting there and she was like, you know, Sunday mornings when we all worship together, I mean, it means so much. It means so much. She's hearing all the voices. It's in unity. Well, there might be a little off-key, but you know what I mean. We're all <laughs> making our joyful noises unto the Lord, and it really blessed her. And I thought, wow, that's true. You know, that, that is true. That is a, a basic part of our, our large gatherings that we're continuing and realize how important it is. And so I just wanted to make sure she said that.
I got to make that grand entrance. Folks. Sorry about that. Why does it always have to be me? <laughs> it just seems like it always has to be me. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm excited this morning to be in front of you to tell you a little bit about our house church and, um, and what it means to me and what it means to the people that are involved in that house church. But before I even get started, I just want to say up front that we are led by the Holy Spirit. We said this when we got started, that he would guide us, he would direct us. So everything we do is based on the Holy Spirit. So now, who are we? Well, we're 10 people. We're just 10 people that get together upstairs here on Sunday after the service. We uh, range in age from 21 to 80. Well, I don't have to tell you who the 80-year-old is, but nevertheless. Uh, but that gives us quite a span a very interesting dialogue when you're dealing with 21 to 80 is quite a span but it's rewarding so um, that's the makeup so and the guidance that we get from the Holy Spirit so what do we do when we gather there are two things we do one thing that I call is a socializing time it's a time where we talk to each other we talk about each other we are uh, very transparent and the fact that we, we want to know if you're hurting, we want to know if you need prayer, we want to know everything that's going on so we can take the time to, to pray and uh, also to uh, think about you during the week. So this is a time where transparency is very important. But along with that comes some confidentiality also. The second part that we do is Bible study. So every week we have a volunteer leader who selects a passage from the Bible and we send it to everybody, so it gives them an opportunity to learn, to study, and to be prepared for the following week. So what happens when we meet the following week is we go through that passage, and we ask everyone for participation as far as, you know, what do you think about this verse? How does this verse affect you? Do you have any questions regarding this? Now, we have some people that are very knowledgeable in our group. So most of the time, we can get some really good answers, you know, from questions regarding the Bible. It's sort of, um, this period of time has also led to really, really great discussions. Discussions that um, just, just give us an opportunity to learn more. You know, all through the, out of this, and, and from my personally speaking, I think I can speak for everyone in my group, is the fact that, God has shown me how to love. He's showing me how to care for people. He's showing me how to care, help people. And I, I think, you know, this just comes out every week through our discussions. You know, some of the things that we've done in um, helping people is, recently we had an individual whose car broke down. He had to lease a car for a week. Well, I don't know if you know, in today's market, leasing is very expensive for one week. So we just said, no, 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 that's not gonna work. So what we're gonna do is we'll find you a car, and we did find him a car free of charge you could use for that week. We have um, delivered food to people. We have cleaned yards for people. Just a lot of things that are just being brought up week after week that we just do. The other thing is, I think house churches are one of the best connectors in the whole world. We spend a lot of time, not only on Sundays, but during the week meeting with each other, texting each other, emailing each other. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? Is there anything you need help with? 
So I just think that connection is just deepening and deepening and deepening as we go forward. So in closing, um, I have been extremely blessed by this group. They have blessed me beyond reason in the fact that um, I have learned, like I said, how to love. I've learned that they will walk alongside me when times get tough. I learned, you know, just so many things from them. And I just praise the Lord for that. And looking into the future, I am so excited as we move forward and continue down this path that things are just going to get better and better and better. And as we go beyond, as Vicki said, it's even going to be better. So I think in the long run, we're all going to become better disciples because of it. Hello, brothers and sisters of Moran Park. I bring greetings from the church in the house on 88th, and we're much farther away than Holland. We're actually over in Zealand. But we're at a deficit on time, so I have to be quick. Um, evidently, I'm supposed to only have 45 minutes to wrap this up and bring it all together. So if everybody's good to get through till 1 p.m., we'll do our very best. But what I wanted to share with you is that um, as we look at um, seeing uh, Disciple-making um, happen, and, and small church and small gatherings happen. Um, I want to encourage that, that you don't have to be as messed up or broken or challenged as I am to participate and be involved and start a small church. So what I would like to encourage you to do, we, we meet on Wednesday nights, um, and I'd like you to come be, be a guest but you're not welcome to stay because each and every person in that small house church would like to help you start one of your own. Um, those that are, they're, I come to the, the house church and disciple-making movements from a global perspective. I spend a lot of time around, around the world. And um, many of the people that we see leading the most successful movements of house churches are right up there with the, the, our heroes from the Bible. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, knew him after he was a drug dealer, but he was a prolific drug dealer. But he started a movement and was, was the person of peace in Indonesia. In just over 10 years, 250,000 people have come to know the Lord by the way of that, that group. That, that happens by way of multiplication, not addition. And so that's what I want to encourage you. Who are the most prolific um, People that are starting churches these days around the globe, they're teenage girls. No seminary degree, maybe not even a knowledge of the, the Bible, but they have a relationship with Christ. That should give us all encouragement as we're looking at that. Amen. Yeah. So, but um, simple church demands relationship, and by that is a byproduct of accountability. A lot of times we, we're concerned, oh, I'm going to have to expose all my bumps and bruises, but really it's those relationships that we have in those, those simple churches that, that allow us to, um, to really work through some of our challenges, but then grow as, as, um, as a body. Um, so the Holy Spirit laid on something on my heart that, that is a, a bit of a challenge. So often I think we are seeking uh, by nature comfort and ease. Um, the most effective disciple makers that I've talked to you about, they've all come through challenges. Many of them have lost lives. Many of them um, have lost their livelihood, their families, their um, ways of making, making a living. But each and every one of them come out refined and closer and challenged to, 
um, to, to draw closer to the Lord. That, is, that relationship with Christ is, is most important. Um, multiplying disciples is not the fruit we are seeking, but, but it's a simple byproduct of our relationship with Christ. So that's where I'd like to, us to continue to focus as we look at the, the Great Commission, um, but not to forget the Great Commandment. Um, let's see. Several parables come to mind as we think about the, the treasure in the field, um, giving up everything. As we think about the jeweler, 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 it's very difficult to say, um, the jeweler who finds the precious gem and sells everything. And we think about the rich young man who was challenged with saying, must I give up everything? What I want to encourage us to do is look in our own life, look at what our idols are on, on a daily and weekly basis. It's a daily slog for me to challenge myself to put Christ first ahead of ahead of myself. Um, but there are no U-Haul trailers that are towed by, by hearses. Um, as we look, um, we take nothing with us when we depart. So many people say that. We don't have anything that we take with us. But I challenge that a little bit. Um, we carry with us relationships and the times that we were willing to be obedient and bold and perhaps foolish to share the gospel. And then we can lay them at the feet of our Savior. Brothers and sisters, we must prepare for persecution before persecution happens. You know, I thought I was going to have a downer of a message, but Al started out with a dismembered body, so he took the pressure completely <laughs> off. But what I'd like to end with, 45 minutes condensed into three and a half, is that um, the life of Christ, as well as the Old Testament's example of the prophets, compel believers to accept um, impenetrable misery and suffering. If rightly received, it can be a gift. Taking up your cross and carrying it is always going to be uncomfortable. We can say clearly that um, this current ideology of comfort is anti-Christian in its very essence. But take hope because the Church of Holland, the Church of Zealand, the Church of Michigan, the Church of the America, and the Church of the world, we all unite under one great Savior. And I ask you and I encourage you to, to serve him with all your heart, to seek him every day. And there's 60% of the people that are never going to walk through these doors, but they might come into your living room, they might sit, and they might have a discussion with you about what life looks like with Christ. So thank you all. We're going to have um, one song where you don't even have to um, get up. I just want it to roll over you before um, we have a prayer for the beyond.